Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's episode. Today, I am here with Petranka, and she's going to be sharing about looking at wellness through a new lens and how to go from a fear of food to freedom. You are listening to Creating Wellness from Within, a podcast devoted to helping you live your best life through self-care and wellness. In each episode, we strive to offer you actionable advice and tools to help you with your journey towards greater personal wellness. I am your host, Amy Zellmer. I am editor-in-chief of Minnesota Yoga and Life Magazine and the Brain Health Magazine. Additionally, I've published four books on the topic of brain injury and concussion. I am passionate about yoga, wellness, photography, travel, and all things glittery. You can learn more about me at creatingwellnessfromwithin.com. Today, my guest is Petranka, and she is a recipe developer, blogger, and anorexia survivor who is on a journey to finding freedom with food. She has been in therapy for a few years and is currently working on looking at wellness through a new lens, one without control and obsession. She has learned so much about the connection between the brain and the body and wants to share it with others who are struggling with some form of an eating disorder and feel stuck. So welcome to the podcast, Petranka. So thrilled to have you here. Hello, Amy. I am so excited. Thank you for the honor. Thank you for inviting me. I'm excited to share my experience. Hope that others will find it helpful because when I was in recovery, it felt impossible to go on the other side. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can totally imagine that. And, you know, disordered eating, whether, you know, whichever extreme you're at, whether it's overeating or undereating, it does, it becomes an obsession, like you kind of said in your bio and you feel stuck and, you know, people <laughs> say things like, we'll just, just eat, just eat something or just stop eating what, you know, whichever, but it's not that simple. It's, it's really not that easy. You have to really shift your whole mindset and basically kind of shifting your whole life, um, of how you, how you do things, your whole, your daily habits. So, um, maybe start with a little bit of your journey, how it kind of began for you. Yeah. So I was, it was five, six years ago. Um, and it first began, I was, um, at high school at that point. Um, I never really thought of myself as like beautiful or felt like I had some something to offer other people and the only thing that I could control was how I looked and that was basically my offering to my friends to my family and honestly I grew up in a time where how you looked mattered so much it still matters today but I feel like right now there is a lot more talk about intuitive eating and diet culture. And back then, it was not that um, long ago, but um, yeah, there was not a lot of information how bad uh, things can get when you stop eating. And I feel like the number one thing that caused my anorexia was that I wanted, first of all, control and then attention. And I didn't know how to get it any other way than just to not eat 
and to look so skinny that people are like, oh my God, you're, they would either say you're so beautiful or you're so sick. And that just kept feeding and feeding my uh, eating disorder. And so, yeah, I feel like uh, your family and um, your relationship with your family is a big um, component and it can really predict, like if you have a bad relationship with your family, it can really start to, um, hmm, I'm trying to think of the right words. It can affect you deeply and mm-hmm. you can go on a bad, bad journey. It, yeah. And it, it, you know, I think so many of us carry around trauma from our childhood that we don't even realize um, exactly. you know, cause y- you grow up in this environment that you think is normal. Cause you don't know any different. Um, and you know, like, I don't know if this is your case, but like, if you have a parent, <clears throat> excuse me, a parent with an eating disorder, um, you know, that, that can reflect down to you. Or if you have a parent who's obsessed with their looks or, you know, like we don't, we don't know any difference. So as we're growing up, we're internalizing that. And, and then that turns into trauma that we carry with us into adulthood. Yeah, exactly. I remember when I was little, my mom was so conscious of how she looked like. And I feel like the worst part for me was that I had a best friend who was also anorexic and we were both in it together. We were competing with each other. Who is going to eat less? who is going to exercise more. And it got so bad that we would just hang out together and keep each other accountable um, for like not eating the whole day. And yeah, what you're saying, my mom was, or, or any of my family members, they were, they had a okay relationship with food, but that best friend of mine really kept me going mm-hmm. on those bad habits and fueled each other exactly and it was it was really scary because actually the first time that I realized that what we're doing is not right was when she was telling me how sick she was Mm -hmm. and it was almost like she was my mirror and I was like oh my god she is so sick she she the last time she had her period was one or two years ago and it almost like I could reflect on what I was seeing in her and it was like, I'm, I'm sick. I need help. So yeah, it was, it was very difficult at that point. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I, I, I even remember the day that I thought that. And from that point forward, I just knew that I had to recover. And so once you realize I have a problem and I'm not healthy, um, how, what did the, the recovery look like for you? What, what worked for you? What didn't work for you? Yeah, it was very long. It Mm. actually took me years. Um, it's interesting because the recovery is, is just, it has a lot of ups and downs and there is no one way to recover. And just when I thought I was recovered, I was actually again at my lowest. So just for anyone listening, don't know that 
recovery is so long. Um, the first steps that I took um, were that I actually told my mom that I wanted to get better. Um, and she uh, came with me to the doctor. And it was really interesting to see how doctors deal with eating disorders mm. and anorexia. Um, because the first thing that they did was they gave me pills. And they were like, drink those pills. You have a period. You gain weight. And then everything will be fine. Um, but the, that was probably the worst thing that could happen. Because I've gained so much weight. And I was... And after that, I was even more determined to lose them. Nothing has changed um, at that point. Not, nothing really changed in my mindset. I just gained right. weight. I was even more depressed. And yeah, I just remember going to like um, different therapists and none of them could really help me because it's now, now I, that I think about it, I, I realized that doctors are can always can also be um impacted by diet culture um yes, very which much. i didn't know by then mm-hmm. so yeah yeah that was the first step that i took and after i gained all of those weights weight i actually started searching for like youtube videos about people who have gone through the same thing and how they have recovered mentally because at that point my body was a, a bit better. I was not so skinny anymore, but my mind was in a really bad place. I was binging every day, every day. I was eating until I was throwing up. And so, um, yeah, that honestly continued for years and years. And I, I didn't know why I couldn't stop eating. Um, And it's interesting because about that time I actually became vegan, which was another way for me to restrict my uh, calories and to eat less. And I think that veganism can be a great thing. Um, It can be really healthy and it has like benefits for the planet and stuff. But for me, it was like, how can I add a restriction, but still make excuses for that restriction? Right. So how can I continue with that illness without, um, without sounding so bad? Because when you say I'm vegan, uh, people don't try the same way as when you say, I'm just not eating. Right. Stuff. Yeah. Um, so after that, I was actually vegan for a couple of years and, uh, that was when I started going to therapy and to realize that in order to be fully, uh, free and to recover completely, I just need to let go of all the rules, no more rules, not even like the rules that we think are good, not even like drinking a certain amount of water or uh, my therapist told me that um, what I've known up until now was totally, um, totally uh, the advice that I uh, received maybe was healthy, but for me, I just took it to the extreme. Mm-hmm. It was 
if someone said drink two liters of water for me that was like a rule I didn't go to bed if I didn't drink a certain amount of water right right yeah so it's like I a just, compulsion yeah exactly exactly you take something that is supposed to be good for you and you you make it almost toxic yeah um yeah so at, at that point I actually it was very very hard for me to let go of rules it took a couple of months if not years to completely stop like counting how many fruits of um how many servings of fruit and vegetables i'm eating and stuff but i that was when i realized that what kept me binge eating was that i had certain foods that were like uh, the forbidden, like chocolate was forbidden for me and I could only eat it on, on certain days. And the moment that I was feeling bad or I was feeling depressed, the first thing I, I uh, reached for was chocolate because I've put so much pressure into not eating it that I that this made me eat it even more. And yeah, that for for anyone listening... If you're in recovery, but you feel like you're not making progress and you're still trying to eat healthy, but you're also binge eating at night, think about if you are restricting. But if you're restricting in a way that you're like, oh, no, that's healthy for me. Um, I should keep myself, you know, hydrated and stuff. But that may still be... um, really bad restriction, which may causing more problems. Yeah. 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 And, you know, I want to go back to um, your conversation about going to the doctor and, you know, I really think you hit something there that doctors buy into diet culture and, um, uh, you know, there, there's sort of a system set up that if you're overweight, um, they, they want, their focus becomes on your weight, right? And in your case, you were underweight. And so his, the doctor's solution was here, take these pills. So you gain weight, but not addressing the actual root problem, which was your mindset, right? Like you can't just tell someone here, gain weight or here, lose weight. You have to change the underlying problem. And, and, And sometimes there's also people who are underweight that eat and eat and eat. They try to gain weight. And so there's something metabolic going on with them, right? Same with overweight. They might be trying their hardest to lose weight and can't because there's an underlying metabolic problem. And our system is just set up for failure, in my opinion. Um, You know, there's, there's great doctors out there, but many of them in the traditional realm truly don't understand an eating disorder again, whichever, because there's, there's all spectrums of disordered eating. It's not just anorexia or just overeating. There's a whole spectrum Mm -hmm. of it and, and getting to that mindset piece. Mm -hmm. And, and when you say for you that, that was having to change that mindset, like you said, Mm -hmm. you, 
you couldn't give yourself rules because you, you compulsively obsess over the rule. Um, you know, eat, you know, you got to drink 20 ounces. And so you'd have to drink that 20 ounces. You couldn't give yourself any grace. Yeah. I feel like this honestly helped me to know myself more because even now I sometimes feel, um, I feel that inner voice talking to me, oh, you need to lose weight. But I feel like I've done a lot of self-discovery and I know that losing weight in any situation should be my my last option. Restricting or having rules should be my last option because that's honestly a part of who I am. I'm very controlling and I just want... um, when I when I set a rule, I want to um, follow it no matter what. And yeah, so I feel like most people who suffer with eating disorders have kind of the same thing. They're controlling. They mm-hmm. want to always be in control. Um, so yeah, it's just it, it, at some point it's about learning about yourself and knowing that, as I said, even the healthiest rules, like, yeah, rules, let's say, uh, can be damaging. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, honestly, about the doctors, I remember when I went there with my mom to the hospital, she was telling the doctor, oh, she's eating only vegetables. That's really bad. And the doctor was like, vegetables are fine. They're so healthy. She should continue in that way. And yeah, it was, it was almost like he is telling me that I need to get better, but then he's telling me that I should continue eating only vegetables. That's how I felt. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't think doctors always understand how their words can impact somebody. And so telling you, oh, just eat vegetables. That's great. You're internalizing Mm -hmm. that going, oh, just eat vegetables. Right. And which vegetables are great for you, but you also have to have a balance of you know, mm. fats and proteins. And um, yeah, so I can see where that language doctors need to understand how they need to be a little more thorough. Like he might have said more than what you heard. Right. Um, but he didn't explain it well enough for you to internalize that. So Exactly. And I feel like when you're anorexic, uh, you just remember those things. Someone would say to you, oh, uh, you look a bit bloated today. And you would remember it for Mm. days and weeks. And you would almost be afraid of that after someone has mentioned it. So it's it's very, very delicate um, when someone is dealing with an eating disorder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, now you, you, you consider yourself a survivor. You, you would say that you've beat your eating disorder, but I have to believe it's like any other form of addiction that it's always still kind of lurking there. Do you, do you feel that way? Or do you feel like, no, I'm completely over it? Hmm. I, I feel like I've gotten really good at uh, calming the voice inside inside my head that is telling me that I should lose weight. 
And for me, what I've realized is that recovery is not like, oh, you recover and then you never want to lose weight. You never go down that trap. Yeah, it's actually more about, okay, I'm listening to that voice and I'm just not going to believe what it's saying. I'm not going to follow the, the advice that it's giving me. And of course, I feel like, when I, especially when I scroll through social media, I would compare myself to someone and I'd be like, should I, should I, should I lose weight? Sorry. Should I go on a diet? Should I do a juice cleanse? But I just, I try to do my best to remind myself how bad this can end up for me. For someone, mm-hmm. it may be really healthy, but not for me. And yeah, I feel like, um, the most important thing is really to start to um, hear that voice without acting on it. Yeah. Yeah. You hear it, but you can tell it to just kind of. Yeah. And, and it may never go away. It may never go away because mm-hmm. every day we're like, we see ads for like pills, yes. models and it's really hard for that voice to completely disappear. Maybe if you feel like move to the woods and don't have internet. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. It's so true. Our, our society is constantly bombarded by, you know, beautiful thin women um, who may or may not be healthy. Right. And yes. yeah, yes, exactly. It's interesting because the moment I let go of the rules, that's when I actually started to feel so much better. And the way that I have gained started to slowly come down. Not that that was important. That was not important for me. Sorry. But it just happened anyway. Um, And that was when my family started to make comments about, oh my God, you're starting to lose weight again. That's great. Um, maybe you will get to like a normal weight, whatever that that meant. Right. And for me, that was, um, that was really sad. I felt like when I was at my, um, when my weight was at my highest, I was not as worthy in like their eyes. And when it started going down, they started to again give me those compliments, which meant that I I again um, have their intention. And it's yeah, it's interesting because at first everyone wanted wanted for me to get better, but when I got better, they were like, "Oh, but you're so fat now. What are we gonna oh. do?" Um, yeah, yeah, mixed messaging. <laughs> yeah. So Petranka, what, so now you are a recipe developer, you're a blogger, um, you're helping other women going through, you know, eating disorders. Um, how, how, what does your world look like now? How, how are you helping others with their journey? So I am currently focused on my blog. That's my main, where my energy goes, Um, my main activity, let's say. And um, I used to be a lot more active on social media, 
about like posting about intuitive eating. I'm not that active right now. I'm actually focused more on recipes. And um, yeah, it, I honestly have found that for me, I just needed to step back a bit from just talking about diet and eating disorder all the time. So right now it's best for my mental health to just focus on my recipes. But I am probably at some point going to return to that, to social media about sharing about um, how, what really helped me. Um, Maybe when I'm feeling um, even more, grounded yeah -hmm. yeah because when you're in that space online and with your friends when you're constantly talking about diet and food it can get triggering really fast even for someone who is recovered so I I had to yeah I had to unfollow all of the people who talked about uh even healthy eating honestly um, and I'm just now following people just for the fun of it or for the recipes, honestly. Yeah. Well, and you know, the most important thing is your own, your own health and your own mental well-being. And so good for you for taking that step back and, and acknowledging it. That's, that's a huge step. Um, so Petranka, this has been such a wonderful conversation, such an important conversation. Um, and if people want to connect with you and check out your recipes, your website is sunglowkitchen.com and they can, um, go to your website and it looks like you have tons of recipes with pictures. It's a beautiful website. Um, so tell us a little bit about what they'll find there. So when you go to the website, you will find vegan and vegetarian recipes. I don't follow any diet. I just think that uh, plant-based food is really interesting. It's honestly still mind-blowing to me how you can make meatballs out of lentils and cheese out of cashews. So that's what you will find on the blog. And just recipes that are really easy to make Uh, since I'm living in Europe. I have been trying to make my recipes with really simple ingredients that anyone can find in any part of the world, not just in um, USA. Wonderful. And so anyone listening, I do have a link to the website in the show notes. So you can click through um, within the show notes and check out Petranka's website. So thank you so much for being here today and just sharing your story with everyone. Thank you so much. It was so nice to talk to you. And thank you everyone for listening. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode and please consider leaving a five-star review wherever you're listening to help others on their own wellness journey, discover this podcast. Thank you for listening. Have a great day, everyone. And I'll see you in the next episode.